Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome aboard Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Thank you as always for being with us. We'd love for you to join us on the Ceasefire text line. The number is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire business backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do, and that's right here in Ceasefire country. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky is out today. That's rare. Uh, we, Haydad and I were joking about that every uh, every great once in a while. And uh, Will East in the big chair in Studio X in place of Michael Borky. Hello, William. Guten Tag. How's everyone today? Hey, Dad, you look like you've lost 30 pounds. Thank you. Have you really lost 30 pounds? I have really lost 30 pounds. How did you lose it? (laughs) What did you cut out? I couldn't think of anything funny fast enough. I couldn't think of anything funny fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing that was appropriate for the air. I packed it up Uh, and put it in a box and set it in the closet and forgot where it was. I just lost it. It's there for a a sweaty day. Uh, No, I I stopped drinking Cokes was the main thing. Really? Oh, glad Coca-Cola is not a sponsor here, but that's okay. Oh, I still drink Coke Zero. I stopped drinking Coca-Cola, though. So you cut, because you were on like, how many Cokes did you drink a day? I, I came to the conclusion that I was drinking five to 7,000 calories a week in Coca-Cola. Is that and, a lot? And now with Coca-Cola, not zero, it's right, zero sugar. Coca-Cola, is it, zero sugar. Uh, yeah. How many calories are you now consuming based off of the consumption of that drink? Well, it's zero. It's zero calories. It's it's so it's it's zero calories period. Yeah, yeah. I've never ta- I, I mean, I've, I've tasted one. I've never consumed an entire Coke Zero. I didn't know if that was zero sugar, zero calories, zero fat, zero. They got, they got nothing. Nada. Yeah. It's just so. So how long water. has that been going on? Since January. Was that your New Year's resolution? No, I don't make New Year's resolutions because they never stick. I just made a decision. Yeah. Good so you. simply by cutting out sugar, well, I, I mean, I, I'm, soft drinks. I, 
I, I don't. I don't. I, I I I eat a lot less too. I mean, I'm eating a lot less. I'm, I keep my I tab. I keep a tab on my calories, and I try he to keep it low. Used to take low. bear claws and he'd get them stuck right in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, good for you, right. man. I didn't. I didn't realize this. Thanks. You you like last well, I, time well, I haven't really wanted to say road. anything, but. But but Will made a joke today, and I was I had I had a response, and it got us here. So yeah, he was fair. making a joke, and I said it was something about money, and I said, "Well, he said that- you don't look like you're starving," and I said, "Are you sure? I've lost thirty pounds." Hmm. So so last time you went down this road, we talked about it very publicly, and then yeah. you, you didn't. I didn't want to do that again, but yeah. here we are. All right, so here we are. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it. So is there a goal, or is it just like, you know, I'm going to do better and see where it goes? I just want to keep doing better every day. I'm not going to not gonna get caught up in goals or, or, or numbers or anything like that. Just, you know, every time I get on the scale, I like there to be a little less of me, if that's possible. Do you do you feel better? Yeah, I actually, you, I do, really do. Do you notice yeah. a, a difference in how you feel? Well, yeah, I mean, I just... Uh, like just getting up and moving around isn't as taxing. It was it was getting to the point where I was like, you know, I'm I'm like a month away from having to use the rascal at Walmart. I don't want to want to do that. So I was like, I, I I can't I can't go on like this. My clothes weren't fitting right. I just like you know when you buy fat man clothes and they're still too tight, it's like it's a sign. You got to do something. So that's why I haven't, I haven't worn this shirt in like two three months because I didn't fit. We may we have to, have to size down on the next genteel order for you. I, I would like that very much. I there would. you go. All right, uh, we need to address something out of the get. By the way, we're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, as always. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Will doesn't have it in the official live reads yet, but I will tell you that a week from Friday we will be at the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. That will be for. The Friday of the opening round of the NCAA tournament, and that will be just a heck of a lot of fun. Games will start that day at, what, 11-ish, 11-10. They'll go until nearly midnight that night, so we will have wall-to-wall basketball while we are on the air that day, and that'll be a heck of a lot of fun. And hopefully, it'd be really cool if Mississippi State was playing while we were there. Get in that afternoon window. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, that would be interesting if, if if that game was going on. I mean, I, you know, people know what I am, right? They know I'm a bulldog, and and, and I, I try to be unbiased and try to be down the middle with my coverage, and I take my little jokes and jabs at Ole Miss from time to time. That's fine. But if that game is going on while we're on the air, mm-hmm. you're gonna see a different side of Brian Haydad. It's okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna be. I'm Can not you be, be as able cool to control and that. calm and collected as I was during that Ole Miss Arkansas game? Nope. Trying to, probably, no, okay. Probably not gonna happen. Depends. Depends on. What, probably not. But I mean, depends on like how the game is going. If they can get control early and take, yeah, sure, I'll be fine. That thing's going down to the wire. You know, we that get into was a buzzer beater situation that day, if you remember. It was. It was. I was impressed. Okay. I'm gonna let you tell me, hey, Dad, how many times I need to address this because I think I am currently at three. I think I'm at three at this point. I know what we're going to say. I'm going to read a couple of messages off of Twitter. I'm going to read one of the first yeah. messages that we get today on the Ceasefire text line. And I will uh, address this again. And, and I'll just let you tell me when I can stop stop doing it. Yeah. Uh, here was one of the messages. Uh, this was Joe Herndon on Twitter. Mm. He's, he's got Michael in here, too, but this isn't a Borky thing. This is me. He tagged me. 
So, Richard, like I said, your career survive the Chris Beard saga of the last week or so. I've seen commentators (laughs) overrun their leash before, but you two were circling Jupiter when the land shark shock collar went off. (laughs) I love the idea of the land. I love the idea of you wearing a little buzz collar that Keith Carter's like, oh, he's going too far. Just give him a little, little jolt. Uh, I got another message from uh, from Matthew on Twitter. He says, "Hang in there, Richard Cross." And he um, that was a quote tweet from Jeff Goodman's um, tweet. And Jeff Goodman tweeted, yeah. "Ole Miss and Chris Beard have had multiple conversations and have met in purses uh, in person." Sources told Stadium, "No deal in place yet, but it's trending in the direction of Beard being the next coach in Oxford." Source told Stadium. Also on the C Spire text line. Here is it. Where there it is. Thanks, Richard Cross, for making me look like a horse's rear end idiot to my family and friends for your insider information about the old mishire. What's true in quotes two weeks ago was never true. Still love you though. No hard feelings, RC. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, the people ha- they haven't been listening when I've been telling them for the last you know, three four years. Like when you get new information, you can change your mind. It just is that simple. So can I? <laughs> I still, uh, you know. Well, look. I mean, I feel like we owe it to our listeners when we get credible information mm-hmm. that we share it. Yes. And I had credible information on February fifteenth about the Ole Miss coaching search. And as I said, uh, oh, goodness, I guess it was a couple of days ago, um, I should have put a qualifier on it. Like, I've been around long enough. I've done this long enough that I should have put a qualifier on there that was that said, as of today, as we sit here on February 15th, Ole Miss is not hiring Chris Beard and Ole Miss is not hiring Will Wade. I did not put a qualifier on it, so throw whatever barbs you want to throw. But the truth is, on February 15th, Ole Miss was not even exploring the option of hiring Chris Beard, and they were not hiring Will Wade. I don't know if anybody cares or not, but that part of it was was and is 100% accurate. It appears as if Ole Miss is going to end up hiring Chris Beard to be its next head basketball coach. They have not gotten to the finish line yet. And and you can you, you can disagree with what I said a second ago about sharing information. I mean, I kind of feel like we would be boring if we didn't share information that we believed was true yeah, you, and was accurate you when we got it. That's kind of the good, point of solid this show, information. Isn't it? Yeah, if you have good solid information, that's why people tune in. I mean, to hear stuff. You know, they 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 think we have inside information, and if we have it, we're going to share it. That's 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 our job. Yeah, uh, so so here we are, right? I mean, we're we're three weeks later, and it looks like that's the direction that Ole Miss is going to go. And I, I'll tell you a little bit more about how I think we got to this point uh, a little bit later this afternoon. We've got a bunch of baseball to talk about. We had two uh, had a had a big game in Oxford last night with Ole Miss and Southern Miss. Mississippi State had uh, Valpo at home last night and got a win. SEC basketball tournament, though, starts tonight in Nashville. Mississippi State will play tomorrow. Coming up next, Mark Wise will join us, college basketball analyst with ESPN and the SEC Network, and we will break down the SEC tournament with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio.
Welcome again. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon, the day that the SEC tournament begins. Two games coming up tonight on the SEC Network, 6 o'clock. It's the 12-13 game with South Carolina and Ole Miss, followed by the 11-14 game with Georgia and LSU. And to talk SEC basketball, let's uh, visit with Mark Wise on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. How about, how about that fitting bump music for a guy that calls Gainesville, Florida home also? You like that? <laughs> That's really impressive with a little Tom Petty there, yes. Um, are we excited, Mark, about this particular SEC tournament? Yeah, I mean, what's there not to like in terms of uh, if you had told me in um, uh, October that the 7-10 game was going to be Auburn against Arkansas, I think you could have gotten a lot of money from me on that. So from that standpoint, um, I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, that winner would come out and play Texas A&M, and you've got Kentucky on on that side of the bracket. So... Um, there's all kinds of good juice. You know, Mississippi State on the bubble. Um, I think if they beat Florida, I think they're safely in. There's two ways if you're in Mississippi State's position, I think you can get in if you're on the bubble. And they're on the right side of the bubble, is that you just win. And you don't care what people do around you. But it doesn't hurt that those around you get beat as well. So, like, for instance, I know Pittsburgh's in a tight game with Georgia Tech right now. Mississippi State fans, you need to be Georgia Tech fans this afternoon, and so on and so forth. Joe Lenardi's actually moved Mississippi State up in his most recent edition of Bracketology. He has moved them to the last four buys spot, so they've got a little bit of wiggle room. I I, I am curious, when you look at Mississippi State's resume, they go 8-10 and in the league, uh, they have two really good non-conference wins going back to November yeah. uh, over Marquette and Utah, and those have held up for the entire season. Does Mississippi State look to you? I, I'm going eye test here. Do they look like an NCAA tournament team? Well, on one side of the floor, they certainly do. Uh, I'm not sure on the offensive end, but physically, uh, the way they defend, the way they go the offensive glass, uh, the physicality of the front court, um, in terms of Matthews and Jeffries and Smith, I think are exceptional. Um, but when you struggle as much as they have at different times this year, with especially shooting the three ball, um, some nights they really do look like a team and some nights they don't. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they're in a good position in terms of those four quad one wins. That Marquette win just keeps looking better and better. Remember, though, League record doesn't come into play in terms of evaluating one's resume. Uh, I just know they will be much better off and in a much safer place if they beat Florida in that uh, opener tomorrow. I think it's a horrible matchup for Florida in terms of without Castleton because of the physicality I just mentioned. Florida was an average at best rebounding team with Castleton. They have been a poor rebounding team since. Now, what they are willing to do is shoot more threes, and that's where you, uh, um, you know, come into danger. The genesis of all upsets, and in my view, I think if Florida beats Mississippi State, it would be a little bit of an upset. The genesis of all those kinds of upsets starts at the arc. 
Mark, I want to talk to you about Vanderbilt for a second. I, I, I keep looking at what they've done down the stretch, and not just the fact that they've won games, but, but who they've beaten. And I'm not talking about a win against South Carolina or, or a win against uh, Ole Miss you know, in the, the second half of the season. I, I'm talking about a home win against Tennessee. I'm talking about a road win yeah. against Kentucky, the, the big wins that, South, uh, that Vanderbilt has had. And yet Vanderbilt's... Not only not in, they're like the eighth team out. Right. How do we get to a point where, and and the reason we know the reason they're out, right? I mean, they've got the they've got three bad losses. Yeah, How do we I mean, get to a point where your wins everybody. matter more than your losses, or should they? No, but they are equal. So those losses in November and December are just as powerful as those wins in. Uh, late in the year, I think we saw this with Texas A&M last year, where Texas A&M just had so far to go. Now, the difference between Texas A&M last year and Bandy this year, and it's a big difference, Bandy will get bonus points for their scheduling. Non-conference strength of schedule in the top 20, their overall strength of schedule in their top 10. Remember, Texas A&M, I think their non-conference strength of schedule last year was somewhere in the 2000s. So um, they had to overcome that, and that was a, a stain that they could not get rid of. Uh, Vanderbilt's in a different situation, but you also have to remember the committee now, and I get it. I, w- I did the Kentucky game. I was shocked as anybody um, once they lost Robbins and were still able to win and Rupp. Yeah. Um, but, but they're going to be evaluated without Robbins, and unfortunately they also have some losses earlier in the SEC season without Robbins. Is the LSU loss, they were on that five-game win streak, they lost that yeah. game, and then they won two or three more to, to win eight of the last nine at the end. Is that the difference in them being in and not in right now? No. No, I don't I don't think that's a killer. Uh, I think it would be them getting closer. Uh, remember, they've still got seven or eight, and even in Joe's latest, I think, they've got seven or eight teams in front of them. Yep. Uh, they've continued to climb. I think the only way Vanderbilt's in, I think, is if they beat Kentucky again. Because they've just got – remember, everybody tends to forget this. It's also the other teams around you on the bubble. What are they doing? So they would have to um, – if if they had beaten LSU, they might be three or four spots higher. But that would probably be it. So Vanderbilt is going to have to beat either Georgia or LSU and then turn around and on Friday night beat Kentucky and Nashville. And if they do those two things, you think they're in? I do think they're in if they beat those two things. But, my goodness, um, what a bad break in terms of a draw having to maybe play Kentucky. Now, again, you know, Richard, we've done games together. One of the key ingredients, I think, for a team at tournament time is to be healthy. And who knows if Wallace, Frederick, or Wheeler are going to play for Kentucky. That certainly would impact them. We know that, and, and this is, I can't remember more late injuries in this conference than what we've seen this year in terms of Castleton, Robin, Ziegler, the Kentucky issues that I talked about. So, so far, the team that I think has kind of avoided that and is sitting pretty in the top half of the draw is the Chalk, and that would be Alabama. 
Yeah, you uh, they they have had their own issues, but injuries have not uh, have not plagued them this season. I want to go back to something you said at the beginning. You you said you would have uh, lost a lot of money uh, if you had bet on Auburn as the seven seed and Arkansas as the ten seed, and those two teams playing in the third game of the second day of the tournament. Who are you more surprised by that Auburn fell to the seven or that Arkansas is the ten? Arkansas is the ten. Now, I didn't know that they were going to have to play the vast majority of the season without Nick Smith Jr. I don't think anybody did. Um, and certainly that, he takes them to a different talent level. And everybody wants to go, well, Arkansas last, lost the last three games of their season. Yeah, but did you see who they played? I mean, it wasn't like they got upset on any of those three, two of the three on the road. And then Kentucky goes in there and Reeves just lights them up for 37. Um, I still think they have a chance to be a dangerous team in the NCAA tournament. It's just this draw, this 7-10 feeding into A&M, feeding into Kentucky. My goodness, what a tough path for both of those teams. Do you describe this year's tournament as wide open, or is it no, no, it's not wide open? This is Alabama's tournament to win, and then you've got 13 other teams that are, are playing for second. Well, I don't know about the 13. I do think it's Alabama's to win. They have not shot the ball well in the last two weeks, and I get all the distraction conversation, and who knows if that's played a role or not. I know that they had to uh, meet the media today for the first time, players included, at the SEC tournament. Uh, so they're going to have to deal with that, and, and it, it, whether or not that's impacted their shooting, Richard, I don't know, it's, it, but I know the timelines match up. Yeah, uh, they're going to have to fix that. I mean, they're shooting in the twenties in terms of percentage in the last two weeks, their last four games. They'll have to fix that. But the good news for Alabama, in in my view, and, and the team that if, if if you were asking me what team scares me the most for Alabama and Alabama fans, it would be Mississippi State with the way that they play physically. The fact that they played them twice during the regular season, I think, if I remember right, the the Tuscaloosa game uh, was close, uh, like Very. three points, and and the Mississippi State game, uh, the Starkville game was like ten. Um, so I think they feel like they have a certain formula to maybe match up with their length and strength with Alabama. Um, but Alabama is avoiding Kentucky, A and M, and playing A and M. By the way, is there a worse root canal in? for a basketball coach than having to try and score against Buzz Williams' team. But at least, you know, I I, I was on uh, in Lexington yesterday, and I made this point about Kentucky fans. You don't have to beat Arkansas, Auburn, and Texas A&M, all three. You just have to beat one of them. That's right. So That's right. That, they, in that sense, they got the better draw in the bottom half. But I like Alabama's draw in the top half. It all gets started tonight at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network with South Carolina and Ole Miss. Thanks for your time, Mark. Thanks, Richard. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. The SEC tournament begins tonight. you got practices going on today at Bridgestone Arena for the teams that uh, don't play until tomorrow. 
They'll clear all those out of there in the next hour and a half or so and get ready for a couple of games tonight. South Carolina Ole Miss, Georgia LSU. And then tomorrow it's Florida against Mississippi State in the first game of the day. A noon tip-off on the SEC Network. All the games today and tomorrow are SEC Network games. Um, Noon Eastern. One Eastern. Noon Central. I mean, feel free to double-check, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. You can double-check me. It's fine. I will do. All, all I, I was going to do it. Uh, Tennessee against either South Carolina or Ole Miss in Game 2. Auburn that's and Arkansas right. in Game 3. And then Vanderbilt against uh, either Georgia or LSU in the final game tomorrow. So it is noon, noon Central tomorrow for Mississippi State. Just completely screwed up my whole day right there. How? Well, I thought, okay, game's at 11, over by one, do the podcast, and then the show. And now I don't know, you know, that I have enough time. Ah, sorry. Sorry that we messed that up. Should we make a call and see if we could get it moved up an hour? If you could get Greg on the phone, I know you've got him, uh, I know you got his number. Just, just, you know, we just need to start the game at 11. It's no big deal. Ain't nobody going to be there anyway. Am I crazy, or was there not? There was a time in the past when the SEC tournament started at eleven, right? Yes. You remember that growing up? Yeah, it started. You start early. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. It'll be noon central for uh, for for Mississippi State. All right. So I want to read two different versions of the same story. I'm not going to read the entire thing. So on the basketball page. Actually, it appears to have uh, cycled off the basketball page at ESPN. Uh, The headline is ESPN weighs, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Beard, possibility at Ole Miss. Sources, Chris Beard emerges as top Ole Miss candidate. This was written by Pete Thamel and Jeff Borzello. Former Texas coach Chris Beard has emerged as the leading candidate for the men's basketball job at Ole Miss. The sides have been in recent contact. Sources sold ESPN and Ole Miss officials are in the process of doing their due diligence on Beard, and then it immediately goes into what happened at Texas. CBS, um, Matt Norlander covers college basketball. The University of Mississippi has met with former Texas coach Chris Beard and is in the process of vetting him to potentially be the next head coach of its men's basketball program, sources confirmed. Beard is considered a leading candidate for the job as of Wednesday afternoon, but one source stressed... There are significant hurdles, some of them legal, still to be cleared in order for Beard to be offered the job. And then in paragraph three, they also go into what happened at Texas. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Yes, I I know what I said on February 15th. I I told you at the end of that first segment, we we would come back to this, and I'd tell you what I think has happened. And I don't know if I've explained this explicitly, hey, Dad, or not, but, but here's what I think has happened. Okay. Ole Miss was not even exploring the possibility of Chris Beard on February 15th. They knew he was out there, but the thought was just like, nah, I don't think we're going down that road. As part of the process of searching for a new coach, you, you look into a lot of candidates. And Right, wrong, or indifferent, when I said that Ole Miss was not hiring Chris Beard and I said that I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not 
easing into that statement or anything else. There was outrage among some vocal portion of the Ole Miss fan base. I don't know if that had anything at all to do with Keith Carter and whoever else he's using within his department and in the university community to take a harder look. But I do think that Keith and Alan Green and the search firm that they use and, heck, I don't know, maybe even the chancellor, realized that if they were not going to hire Chris Beard, that they were going to need to be able to tell people why they weren't hiring Chris Beard. Because if that was an option that was out there, when you talk about who he is as a basketball coach, which is extremely successful, and you didn't go down that road, you chose not to try to hire him, you needed to be able to say to your various stakeholders why. I'm not saying that you would have a press conference to announce that, but you needed to be able to say to people, no, look, we, we looked into this, and these are the reasons that we didn't feel like that was the route to go. And in the process of going through an extensive background check that the search firm runs, in the process of due diligence or vetting or however you want to describe it, of talking to people in the Texas Athletics Department, within the coaching community, within the law enforcement community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's my belief that Ole Miss then began to realize that maybe this isn't far-fetched or as far-fetched as we thought it was going to be. And so they started digging a little deeper. And the deeper they dug, the more comfortable they got with the idea of Chris Beard because maybe what actually happened on that night in Austin in, what was it, late December, early January was not exactly what was reported to have happened. And so you go through that entire process, and then you're like, okay, well, what do we do now? And it appears what they have done now, we're kind of piecing together the timeline, is they went through an extended vetting process. They got to a place where they talked to him directly. They got to a place where they... I'm saying they, Keith Carter and whoever he is leaning on in this process, probably had to go higher up the up the, the totem pole. Because this is not a hire that you make without the leader of your university, your chancellor, your president, signing off on it as well. And so I've got to believe that he has become involved in it as well. And if ultimately Chris Beard is hired... It's going to be because they all got to a place where they were comfortable with what actually happened. I think that's how we have gotten to this point. I'm just being as transparent as I can with you from what I've been able to gather and the people that I've talked to. I've talked to a lot of people. I feel like that's a lot of words to say the booster said, no, 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 we are going to look at this guy. The, the people who make who, who work behind the scenes and put money into the university saw this guy as a winner and we should at least talk to him. But that doesn't mean and, you go this far down the road. 
Like even if you're no, pressured the, the, to, when you, you know, talk you to them, maybe to you find this. some things out. But yeah, it's interesting. Somebody made a good point to me today, and, and Ole Miss fans won't want to hear this, but the only reason that this is happening is because Chris Bur- Chris Beard got arrested. If Chris Beard doesn't get arrested, he's still the head coach at Texas. Ole Miss is going to get this guy because he got arrested. Now, at the end of the day, if he goes to the Sweet 16 in two years, nobody will care. And everything we're talking about is secondary. But it's just a, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Well, and, and the, the truth is, I mean, if we're just being completely honest, Ole Miss basketball with its history does not have the opportunity to hire a coach of the caliber of Chris Beard. Yes, a coach. Yeah. A coach of the caliber of Chris Beard if something weird doesn't happen. Yeah. And something weird happened. And Not to you know, compare to what they did or anything, but something similar could be said you know, for a long time ago with Mississippi State football and Jackie Sherrill. Mississippi State football couldn't hire a coach with Jackie Sherrill's record, but Jackie Sherrill had black marks on his record. Not Again, not trying to compare NCAA violations to arrests, but that's how you get them. So. It, it's funny you say that. Somebody sent me yesterday after the show ended that said, don't let Hey Dad dodge the Sports Illustrated story from, what was it, 1990? Oh, yeah. When, Remember when clearly. He got the, the job at... And Mississippi State has said, well, what whoever, price glory? To whoever your friend is, gotcha. You beat me to the punch. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And look, what what do Ole Miss fans still say about Jackie Sherrill? All the things. They hate him. All, all yeah. the things. And look, there's, there's going to be a little bit of a PR hit. For Ole Miss, they they, they will. You're there will take be articles them. that no will, will be written by national people. <laughs> what will Dan Wolkin say? I can't wait to find wow. out. I mean, go ahead. I mean, Dan Wolkin's got his column ready to go. Christine Brennan will have her column ready to go. Th- those things are going to happen, and Ole Miss will just honestly, they probably just need to sit there and say nothing. Yeah, because there's a pretty big basketball tournament that starts a week from tomorrow that will swallow and everybody. You'll start paying cycle. attention to that. For the following three weeks. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Hey, Dad, we'll talk more about this in the in the days to come if the Chris Beard thing ends up happening at all this. But I do think that there are people out there who are not necessarily locked into college basketball. I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. we know that. For sure. And, yeah, bigger baseball fans, whatever. But maybe even if they follow SEC basketball, don't necessarily like follow coaches around the country. 
Right. And uh, why is everybody making such a big deal about this guy, Chris Beard? It's because of this. It's because of what he has done since 2015. Has nothing to do with what he did at McMurray in the Heartland Conference or at Angelo State in the Lone Star Conference. It's that he went 30-5 and and took Little Rock to the second round of the NCAA tournament in his one season there and parlayed that into the Texas Tech job, where in year one he went 18-14. and In year two, they jumped to 27-10 and and got to the Elite Eight. In year three, they finished as the national runner-up with a record of 31-7. and In year four, there was a little thing called COVID, where the postseason got canceled, but they were on their way to being an NCAA tournament team again. And in year five at Texas Tech, he got back to the tournament, and they advanced to the second round, to the round of 32. And then he got the Texas job. And in year one, took a pretty average Texas team at the time to the second round of the tournament and was off to a 7-1 and one start and a top-five ranking this year before he was ultimately suspended and then fired. It's a... Those are the... Five, Those six, are the good reasons people are making or are asking, what's all this about Chris Beard? Those are the good reasons. Those are yeah. the reasons Ole Miss is probably going to hire him because he's a winner. But the but. other part of the story, when you go, what is this Chris Beard stuff you guys keep talking about? He was fired from Texas in January after being arrested in December on a felony domestic violence charge, a charge that was dropped in February when the district attorney's office determined that the felony charge against Beard could not be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. His fiance called 911 in the early hours of December 12th, alleged physical violence. Officers observed visible signs of distress on her, documented that in their police report, and then 11 days later she withdrew some of the allegations. And then on December 23rd, she claimed that she was the initiator of the incident. I mean, that that's the timeline on what happened. Clearly something happened. Clearly the police were called. I've had people that are, like, in law enforcement slash legal community that say, you may or may not know this, if there is a domestic violence call made to police, somebody is leaving in custody. Like it, it, it's just you, some what one of the two parties has to be extricated from the situation, and so when police arrive, they de- make the determination of who's leaving in custody. That's like just a general statement that has nothing specifically to do with Chris Beard and, and his fiance. Um, and so here we are. Yeah, let and, me ask you this. You know. If you're going through this vetting process, it's easy to say, talk to Chris Beard, talk to law enforcement, talk to, I don't know, the district attorney, athletics director, people people that know him. Do you you talk to the fiancé? Oh, I definitely would. Or at least ask her? I definitely would. Yeah, I'm going to speak to her. And if if I get told she's not willing to talk or, or, no, you can't, that's a massive red flag for me. Yeah. Whole thing's a little crazy. Um, it is. I mean, it, you, you've got ESPN reporting it. You've got CBS reporting it. I got a message earlier today that said uh, the smoke is real, 
and I expect this to happen and soon. We'll see. Ole Miss plays a basketball game tonight. If they win tonight, they play again tomorrow. If they lose tonight, their season is over. To me, if you're going to do this, then you have the press conference Wednesday or Thursday next week. Yeah, Thursday being the day, right? I mean, why not do it at 10 o'clock next Thursday morning? <laughs> the NCAA tournament tips off at 11 o'clock. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Ole Miss was trying to bury the story. Yeah, they were. It's like 100% a, they were. Was it New Mexico State? As long as we're State? all on the same page with that. Was it New Mexico State that made that release about their basketball team on Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's I mean, right. that, is, that is the all-time news drop, right? Yeah. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Four o'clock hour. We've got a lot coming up. Uh, one of Brian Haydad's absolute favorite topics, golf. That is on the horizon. One of my favorite guests, at least, though. Steve Jenner. Executive Director yeah, of like the Sanderson Farms Championship will join us. We will talk with him about some of the news of a recent press conference from Jay Monahan, what that may mean for the fall portion of the schedule. We'll talk with him about the upcoming Sanderson Farms Championship, which is now what uh, about six months away. Uh, we'll get into the players that's coming up this week and uh, a whole lot more. I can't wait to see what questions Brian Haydad has for Steve Jim. Sports Talk Mississippi. More after this. Never know. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort studio, Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can book your tee time, plan your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. You can be a part of the conversation. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. 601 879 Four three nine five. Steve Gent joins us in studio on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. Go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Steve, what's up? Good to see you, buddy. You too. And I, I never know where to look because if you you know it's, you're here, you're there, but the camera's there. No matter where I look, it just doesn't seem right. So I, I'll just try to stare straight ahead, right? Hey, just, so. look, just look through the gra- glass like you're talking to Will East on the other side of the glass. That and works. It'll, uh, it'll work okay. Yeah. Uh, I wish we were all in the same place. That makes it far easier to uh, do the, the eye contact thing. Modern technology. It's all good. Yeah, it'd be nice to be gathered around the table here, but it's okay. We're, Will and I, we were talking about cruising the coast and the tournament and everything just a few minutes ago, so it's all good. Yeah, so, soon enough we will all be gathered mm-hmm. in the uh, in the exact same spot. Uh, yeah. About six months out, roughly? A little more. Don't uh, We were talking seven, yeah, six and a half. Cl- getting okay. close. Yeah, we're, we're close. It's hard to believe we're maybe halfway in between two. Um, 
they come on on you pretty quick, and then next thing you know, one's done and you're moving on. So it's uh, yeah, we're getting there. I feel like before we look forward, we should look back. Uh, a okay. great tournament this past year. Yeah, uh, the weather was just. Mm. Unbelievable. The crowds were good. You had another fantastic champion. And then a couple of months after the dust settled, you handed off a really, really big check to uh, to the Bassin Children's Hospital. Yeah, and that's why we do it, right? And you're right. I, you know, although by the end of the week, you're like, oh, gosh, I wish, I would love to have a cloud. Maybe one, just a little bit of shade here and there. Oh, really? It, really? Uh, I mean, it was a gorgeous week, right? I mean, from pro-ams to for everything for spectators, we had a great week. Another great year for charity. Um, gave children's, you know, friends and children's 1.1, and then another $400,000 to over 50 Mississippi charities. It was just another phenomenal year again. Got to start to know uh, our new friends with Wayne Sanderson Farms a little bit that week, and um, yeah, it was a. It's going to be another hard one to to top. I mean, Mackenzie Hughes, extra 40 minutes, a couple hole playoff on the Golf Channel. Um, it was a good year, very good year. You had guys that were playing really well down the stretch, too. And I say yeah. down the stretch. I mean, we're still in this kind of strange calendar. Is it the end of the year? Is it the beginning of the year? Whatever it is. And that's all about to be changing again. But but in that fall series, you had Mackenzie Hughes, who was playing well. He ends up beating Sepp Straka, who was playing really, really well. Uh, you had I mean, Zaith Tagala that was there. Yes. And, and, you know, so, so, just his burst onto the scene. It's incredible. bunch of guys. Mark Carbon was up there. Scott Stallings could have won his second here. Um yeah, Soth. I mean, yeah, it was a Nick Hardy was up there at the end. Any one of those top ten. I mean, it was very competitive going into Sunday's round. Um, but McKenzie's great gentleman. He'll be a great champion. Our second Canadian, uh, you know, citizen winner since you know Nick Taylor in fourteen. So I've talked to him and his caddy Jace a few times since then, and uh, he'll be a he'll be a good champion for us. I know that. We're not always supposed to talk about the money, and and sometimes even the PGA Tour has, well, at least previously, had kind of shied away from some of the money conversation. But did you ever, when you started doing this, did you believe that you could get to a place where you were going to be handing off a winner's check, a first-place prize of nearly $1.5 million? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, you know, the Tiger effect, right, has taken us, you know, the last 20 years has taken us to levels, and and really what's been announced in the last couple months, and I don't know if anyone ever ever knew, but, man, a million and a half dollars to win a a golf tournament. I mean, certainly not here. I mean, when I started, the the purse was 3.6, I think, maybe 3.8, and now this year will be 8.1. Wow, I mean that's a big. I mean that's a big. That's a big deal. And now eight point one on the tours, you know, right, right there, you know, kind of average. If you're not a, if you're not one of the designated events, so um, we're we're proud of everything that that we've done so far. And you know, it's one thing to talk about doubling your money when you you go from like four hundred thousand to eight hundred thousand. When you go from four million to eight million, that's uh, that that's a little bit different deal. Yeah, I mean, and it was all you know, our friends at Wayne Sanderson and, and and Mr. Sanderson. I mean, it's them wanting to do this for the state of Mississippi and and for what we're doing for charity. Uh, it's just class act all around, and um, has allowed us to do some things that we never we never thought we could do. All right, Steve. So you always uh, you're you're always gracious when I ask you this. Okay. But I, I wonder wait. if intern. No, no, I'm not. I'm not setting you up. I wonder if internally you roll your eyes when I'm like, okay, so so what are you doing when you're seven months out from the next tournament and five months in the rearview mirror from the previous one? Yeah, I mean we're we're selling. I mean we're talking to corporate sponsors. We're pro am teams, hospitality, branding. John Mercer, Aaron Kiker, Alice Blackman, and my staff. They're all. 
our renewals, but new customers, they're talking with prospects. My board is helping out, trying to open doors. So it's a lot of sales. Um, Casey Lindsay on my staff is a volunteer coordinator. She's working on getting the volunteer system set up, talking to companies and groups about manning holes and what they can do, and a lot of conversations around that. And uh, you know, it's it's getting ready. Talking to vendors, Andy McMillan, my ops director, is working with our tent company and our concessionaire, and everybody that's going to get ready to come on site. So there's a lot of little details along the way that we have all these conversations throughout the year, so that when when everybody gets here, the first part of August, it just goes. Um, and you know, you let's you know, a company. Let's say they buy a skybox, right? We we want them to start thinking about it now because they started thinking about you know what size, what's their budget, who do they invite, so they can get those invitations out and really make it meaningful for the group of people that are that are coming to their skybox or chalet or on their program team or whatever. So, yeah. we it's kind of what we work on now. I was at the Arnold Palmer invitation last week, talking to players and agents and officials, and I'll go. I'll go to an event probably every five to six weeks. I try to get out one kind of in that thing. Just to be visible, answer any questions about our tournament, talk to guys. Um, so it's a, it's, there's a lot going on right now, actually. When do you help? go to tournaments? <laughs> no, no, it yeah. absolutely does. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm thinking as you're trying to, I mean, even though you're not walking up to the range and going, hey, will you come play? This year, we, yeah, we want to would, see you in Jackson, but, but right. But how do you go about developing those relationships? Is it a, a Tuesday Wednesday thing? Are you there early in the week? I've I done mean, I've done both. A lot of times, this past week, I flew in on a Sunday night and uh, was there Monday, Tuesday, and a little bit Wednesday morning. Came back Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it's but then there's been days where I'm there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The, the The players will talk to you just as easily on competition days. Now, you, I'm very, very, very courteous and respectful of what they've got going on in their time. I'm not going to walk up to them on the putting green, you know, five minutes before their tea time. But you know, the conversations a lot of times don't center around golf. We talk sports. We talk families. We talk wine. Um, you really just want to be visible to the players, right? To note, and I want to be able to be a resource for a player that when he when he gets ready to come to the tournament, where should I stay? Where do I eat? Um, you know, things like that. And it's... It, I've, I never want to ask a player if he'll be here for two reasons. One, if he is, he'll tell me. Steve, see and Jackson this fall, right? Um, if he's not, he doesn't know his plans as far as it was six months out. Six and a half, they don't know. They want to finish this season, right? Sure. Um, if he, if he's not or he doesn't know, it's just you paint him into a corner that you just don't want to put him in, right? So if they're coming, they'll know. And like I said, one time I think we talked. I don't want to be that guy that they run from on the practice putting, you know, on the range that. Hey, there's Steve. Let's go check out, see what's going on. Got these questions. You know, we we just talked about a lot of stuff. Are, are there tournament directors who have that reputation? Uh, I'm not going to run out my buddies. You don't have to call them by name. I think I think certain fields d- develop late, right? And I think I think there are tournament directors that need to know that because sometimes the guys don't commit till till later on in the process. And I think mm-hmm. if they're if they're out there. Two, three weeks out. I think that's a fair question. Hey, are you planning on being my event here in a couple weeks? From a marketing standpoint, you want your community to know who's coming. And if it's a, sometimes that question is asked of agents more than it is asked of players, right? Hey, is so and so planning on being here in a few weeks? Um, I don't know that everybody has a bad, I'm just saying that I, I just, I want to be the no pressure. Hey, Steve's just out here to represent the San Francisco Farms Championship and, you know, just kind of get to know us type deal. It's about relationships. And, you know, in life, you want relationships. You don't, you know, that's what it all kind of revolves around. 
Visiting with Steve Jen, he's the executive director of the uh, Sanderson Farms Championship, the the Wayne Sanderson Farms Championship. I suppose I should. Uh, no, I mean it, Sanderson Farms no. is still a brand, so it'll be the Sanderson Farms Championship. But yes, the title sponsor is now Wayne Sanderson Farms, right? But the, yeah. the tournament doesn't. The names stay the same. So when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation, and the fact is, the professional golf tournament, the PGA Tour event in Mississippi for decades has had this okay where does it fit what does this mean how's the weather going to be and and there's always been some level of uncertainty it is in its most stable time ever but there are all kinds of changes that are happening on the pga tour what does that mean for this golf tournament in our home state mississippi we'll talk about that when we come back with steve jim that's good on the farm bureau guest line this is sports talk mississippi Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk, Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalk TV. This is a huge week on the PGA Tour and for the PGA Tour. It's the Players Championship, or just the Players, I guess it is, uh, in Ponte Vedra Beach at uh, TPC Sawgrass, uh, an iconic venue. Got holes that uh, people will recognize anywhere. A massive field, a massive purse, all of the things, and it's the flagship event for the PGA Tour. And to go along with the golf tournament, I guess every year, at least most years, the commissioner of the PGA Tour has a press conference and he asks, is asked a wide range of questions. But the, the, the tenor of those press conferences in the last two years have very, been very different than in previous years. Um, Steve Gent is our guest. He is the executive director of the Sanderson Farms Championship. And, and Steve, in years past, it was about growth of the game and TV contracts and purses and all the good that the PGA Tour was doing. But in the last couple of years, it's been about live and disciplinary action and players leaving and will you take them back and how are you positioning the tour going forward to be able to compete with live and then this year kind of a variation of that where they kind of rolled out uh, a new platform right with massive purses and more elevated events and smaller fields and limited cuts and there's just a lot going on and I felt like one of the unanswered questions was what the fall events, what, what it was going to mean for, for the events that happen post-tour championship, which is where your spot on the calendar falls. Right, right. And, and I think there's still some details that, uh, you know, the, the commissioner's memo was sent out to everybody, and it's hit Instagram and Twitter and everything like that. So there's, sure. I think they're still working on some of the details. And, you know, it's a big week for them down in Pine Video. I'm sure once this is over and wrapped up, they'll sit down with all of us and kind of talk about the changes, but what I've seen so far in terms of the things that impact us and, and where we stand in the fall, we, we knew the changes that were announced last June were that the fall was going to be a continuation of the season, that the top 70 players in the FedEx Cup standings 
would secure their card for the following January, January 24. And then everyone 71 on down was going to be fighting to keep their card to stay in that 125, but the point system would continue, which I think is really good for the fall events. I, I'm a... I'm really bullish on the fall, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, I want to create some false sense of, you know, things that are going to happen here. But I really do. I think that the guys that, first of all, the guys that fall in the top 70, just because they're in that top 70 doesn't mean they won. If you're 69th in the FedEx Cup list and you've secured your card, you had a good year. doesn't mean you won a golf tournament. And winning a golf tournament means a two-year exemption on the PGA Tour means you get into Century, which is, you know, Maui, which is now a, a designated event with a $15 million purse. And, you know, it's just there's a lot to play for there. And what I heard saw in that memo the other day is that not knowing the exact details, but success for a player in the fall could lead into getting into these designated events in the first part of the season. Now, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. They haven't talked to us about it, but that's what they laid out. I think that's great for the fall. There's going to be six or seven events. And you're going to see some guys fall out of that top 70 that are great names that are going to potentially be here, you know, in Mississippi. And yeah. I'm, I, I look at things, I'm at 2,000 feet looking at our tournament, right? I know we'll golf rankings, I know the players, I know everything. Everybody else, I kind of got to do a little check every now and then. Everybody else is at 30,000 feet, 40,000 feet. They don't know what Ricky Fowler's world ranking is. They just know that they would love to see Ricky in Mississippi at some point. Justin Rose, Adam Scott, these are names of guys that felt that this past year were not in the top 70 right now. You know, will they come here? I, I don't know. I mean, I think we've got a great reputation. It's a great golf course, great food, great restaurants, easy to move around. You know, when I talk to players week in, week out, they come up to me and tell me what's a great tournament we have. They don't. I don't have to ask you know, them. So I think there's a lot that we have done working our favor that we haven't shot ourselves in the foot, that we could have some really good names here in the fall. And the reality of it is, Every year when you're a fall tournament, and even a lot of the regular season tournaments, as I sit here right now, I have no idea who's coming. I know I'm going to have 144 of the top players in the world. It's going to be phenomenal golf. But it's about charity. It's about community support. It's about, I think Davis Love said this this morning on one of the uh, SiriusXM shows, it's about supporting your community and raising money for charity. And when John Mercer and Aaron on my staff are talking to sponsors about Pro-Am teams and Skyboxes, it's about that. It's about having a great time, entertaining clients and customers. It's going to be great golf, no matter who's here. And, yeah, but I, I really, really think some of these changes could be good for the fall tournaments that would be compelling reason why a, a guy would play in the fall, which maybe he, he wouldn't have in the past. So I keep thinking one of these years you're going to be like, hey, Richard, i got a spot I really need you to fill in the Pro-Am. <laughs> Well, I'm sure the list of people that would love to get that call is, is you said the pro, longest you said, thing. You said program, right? I thought you were going to say spot in the tournament. But, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Brian's no, no. asked me for that already in the past. But um, hey, you never know. I mean, hey, just I just say have the sticks ready. You know, just be um, maybe on Sunday night. Hey, Brian, I got, or hey, Richard, Brian, I got, I got a spot tomorrow morning. Just come on. So we'll see. Hey, Dad, did you hear that? Maybe there's a spot not, for There's you. not enough. There's not enough yeah. yardage. To keep me safe in that thing. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, no, yeah, I we'll see. But I, I really do. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what we could be doing this fall. I just think it's going to be really good. I, I guess this is kind of putting you on the spot, but I mean, you threw out three pretty big names there because of where they were a year ago: Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose, Adam Scott. 
I mean, those are those are bucket list guys for a tournament. Hey, do you feel like you've ever gotten close with those guys or with guys like that? Um, yeah, probably in the past a little bit with some of their agents when they just didn't know. I mean, obviously the COVID year brought us Sergio, it brought us Hendrick Stinson. Um, you know, I I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying that those are examples of some guys that this past year weren't in the top seventy, and in a normal year they may have to think about in the fall. You know, hey, I'm I'm minded to tee it up a couple times. Um, yeah. They, you know, those are guys. They don't need to play because of the status, but they might want to play. I'm just, I just I think there could be really we could have a very compelling field this fall for guys that are wanting to play. And a lot of the guys told me said Steve, just because I finished in the top seventy, I'm not putting the clubs up for four months. We like your golf course. I want to keep my game sharp. They don't want to go into Maui or you know Sony and Hawaii. Or farmers and not played in three months. I mean, it's just yeah. they're going to play golf in the fall. Are you more comfortable than you were a year ago with the the stability of this tournament? Uh, I mean, I I never. I mean, we've still have four years left. Four four good years left. Last year I had five. I mean, in ter- not in terms of stability, but I think there's some now. Maybe there's some. A year ago, there were some things that the tour was trying to work out, right? And, and I'm not in those inner circles, and I knew that they were trying to figure some things out. But I think what they've done have made some really interesting, compelling stories that could happen now in the fall. Guys trying to fight to keep their card, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if stability is the right word. I think I think that you could see some really compelling stories this fall, and that we just didn't know how it would kind of shape out a year ago. Last thing for you, in terms of logistics for the golf course, I mean, the, the, the relationship that the Sanderson Farms Championship has with the Country Club of Jackson, mm-hmm. I, I know is very, very strong. And so many members at CCJ are involved in this and are proud of this event. But hosting a PGA Tour event is not a small undertaking, and it's not easy on a golf course and its, it's membership. How difficult is that? It's not. I mean, you know, really? as far as I know, I mean, we've they've got we got a great. There's a great membership out there. I just had lunch today with the new president, Chan McLeod, and with the outgoing president, Tommy Ferguson. Chan's all in. Um, you know, the our tournament is at the perfect time of year in that golf course. I think one, it's in phenomenal shape. Stanley Reed and his crew do an amazing job. You know, making my job easier when I do go out and talk to players. Um, you know, even though we're in the South, the you know, unless you oversee the Bermuda around here and some of these golf courses isn't really, really good until mid June, right? And in sure. mid June, there's two things: it's hot, and everybody wants to go on vacation, right? Everybody's in Destin or North Carolina <laughs> or wherever, right? So, you know, you get past Labor Day, yes, we'll always be, I, we're going to be when college football plays. It is what it is. That golf course is really, really good in September and early October, the way we need it to be. You can control the grasses more than you can at any other time of the year. And hopefully it's a time of year when, you know, you get past Labor Day, rounds played does tend to drop off out there. And I think think all the members I talk to, they're proud of having it. They jump in in volunteer positions. They're Century Club members. They're sponsors. Um, It's just a great group of people to work with. The staff, Patrick Joyce and his staff are awesome. They've got a new chef. Uh, it's a it's a really really good partnership. The uh, the players this weekend, give me a winner. Give me your pick. Oh, um, you know we were talking about this. That's a golf course where a lot of different styles of players have won in the last ten or twelve years. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it's hard to go against McKenzie, you know, because he's my defending champion. I can see Sam Scotty's okay. playing really well. The yeah. guy that I really think could win at some point, players or the Masters, because I just think he's gritty. Don't count out Kevin Kisner. I really like. I think his game is just. I mean, he's great at match play because he just lines up yeah. and says, "I'm just going to kick your butt." Um, we got to get kids yeah. to Jackson. He's a fun guy. He's, he's been here. He likes it. It just hasn't fit sometime. But I'll I'll tell him you said so next time I see him. So, yeah. Steve Jett, executive guys. director yeah. of the Sanderson Farms Championship. Always generous with his time. Look forward Thank to you. talking several more times before the tournament. Love to. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. The state's head basketball coach being interviewed leading up to the SEC tournament. Mississippi State and the Florida Gators tomorrow at uh, at noon on SEC Network and, of course, on some of these same radio stations. You'll be able to hear the pregame show with Neil Price and Richard Williams starting at 1130 with a uh, noon tip-off. Thanks for being with us, Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky is off. Got Will East spinning the records today. Um, We have not talked about baseball last night. Pretty big game in Oxford, or at least it felt like it was. Uh, great crowd last night. Uh, the, the the announced attendance was like ten and a half thousand. I mean, I'm not really of the opinion that there were almost eleven thousand people at the ballpark, but for a Tuesday night game in early March, that was a really really good crowd for a top twenty five matchup between uh, Southern Miss and uh, and Ole Miss. Couple of things. So Ole Miss jumped out to an early lead. Southern Miss closed the gap, and the Rebels ended up winning 11-5. Ole Miss has won four straight. They're 11-2 overall. Um, they led 8-1 to one through five innings. It had the thing that we talked about a lot on Monday with Mike Bianco. Actually bit them a little bit yesterday. A couple of errors in the game last night. So He jinxed them. Only three on the season going into last night's game. They made two last night. Still a pretty good defensive team. And that let Southern Miss back into the game, made it 8-5, and Ole Miss uh, was just kind of able to to just uh, chip away is not even the right word. They just like kept adding. To me, that's the thing so far with this Ole Miss team. They're pretty good in the lineup one through nine, and it just never stops. Like They just keep coming at you and coming at you. and almost had 11 runs on 12 hits in the game last night. And they were pretty good with runners on base. They were pretty good with runners in scoring position. And they were pretty good with two outs. And that's a pretty good combination. That's a good formula for success. If you're good in those things, you're probably going to win more than you lose. A lot more. Yeah. Uh, A lot of guys pitched last night for both teams. Southern Miss started Colby Allen. He lasted two innings. Then it was Chandler Dawson, Tyler Martin, Isaiah Rhodes. Uh, Nick Monastere, Luke Trahan, and Cross Sively through the last two innings of the game. He actually pitched pretty well there at the uh, at the end. For Ole Miss, it was J.T. Quinn going four innings, three hits, one run. It was unearned with a couple of walks and a strikeout. 
and then Jordan Vera and Mitch Morrell and Jackson Kimbrell and Sam Tekoyan and uh, Cole Ketchum finished it up. I, I think Sam Tekoyan's name is one worth watching. He's pitching well for Ole Miss, and, and he's getting put into the game in some high-leverage situations. Uh, and, and it feels like the level of trust of him from Mike Bianco is just it's it's incrementally climbing each time he steps onto the mound. Well, these games are the time to do that. You know, when you have these non-conference games, not that USM isn't a big game and a game that you definitely want to win and it helps your resume, but, you know, these are the games where the younger players and your inexperienced players can make a little bit of a name for yourself and you put their toe in the water in conference play and if they you know, sink or swim, and if they swim, they keep swimming. For Southern Miss, uh, Matthew Etzel and Dustin Dickerson both had two hits in the ball game. Dickerson had a home run last night. That was the only; uh, those were the only two guys with multi-hit games. For Ole Miss, Jacob Gonzalez was two for four. Uh, Calvin Harris was two for four. Anthony Calarco was two for four. Peyton Chatagnier was two for three. So they had four different guys with multi-hit games last night. And uh, it pushes us toward another weekend of college baseball for these two teams, with Southern Miss hosting Valpo coming in this week, and uh, Ole Miss continuing its tour through the Big Ten. Um, They're going to play nine games against Big Ten teams this year, at least that are on the schedule right now, with Purdue coming in for a three-game set this weekend. I mean, mean, so far so good, I guess. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Picking on the sisters of the poor in college baseball. Yeah, well, there's some decent Big Ten teams that are uh, are out there as well. Maryland was expected to be really good and picked to win the ACC, and they have not gotten off to a uh, to a great start. Last night in Starkville, after a strong outing by freshman Bradley Lofton, Mississippi State moved to eight and five. They got a twelve to two win over Valparaiso. Uh, Lawton earned his first career collegiate victory, career-high six innings. Uh, twice he struck out the side, only gave up two hits, two earned runs, and then they turned to uh, Colby Holcomb at the uh, at the end of the game. He struck out a couple of batters in the seventh inning as well. Turned out to be a seven-inning victory, 12-2. It was a 10-run rule game for uh, for Mississippi State. Twelve runs. Uh, let, me just leave the, let me give you the line. Twelve runs, 15 hits. No errors. That sound good. That's a, your dog. Fan that's a good line for Mississippi State. Yeah, you 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 got production up and down the lineup. Uh, you didn't commit any errors. You made a change at third base mm-hmm. to Davis David Mershon, and uh, he was two for three on the night with a run scored and a walk. So you know did well at the plate and obviously did okay in the field. The only you know, if you if you're gonna circle something in red, Lofton did walk five. In uh, in six innings pitch, so that's something he needs to get under control. But he you know he bounced back with eleven strikeouts. Um, I mean, State just needed a game that was easy, right? They just needed a game where it all just came together for them, and they could see the ball go over the fence a couple of times and get some strikeouts, make some easy plays, and that's what they got. So I think Marshawn will probably get another look this weekend. It's just tough. It's tough to justify putting Slate Alford in the starting lineup when he's batting two thirty and fielding seven sixty. I mean those those two numbers. I mean if he was hitting three fifty and mashing the ball, you'd be like, you know what, we can live with some errors. But when you do it, you can't do either. It's just tough. So Marshawn will probably get a chance this weekend, and he might have a chance to stay. When did Valpo change their mascot? A couple of years ago, it was uh, it was insensitive. The the Crusaders was not uh, 
was not politically correct anymore. I saw the the Sorry. beacons, and I was like, yeah, is that a misprint? No, the Valpo beacons. Yeah. I did. I did. Um, named, it after the, named it after that diner in Oxford. <laughs> Some good breakfast. Uh, well, I did a, a TV game that was Ole Miss and Valpo earlier this year, and uh, there was a section in the game notes that you know talked about you know, student body voting on it, and you know, beacon light to the world, blah blah blah. Um, I, I I was not personally offended by Crusaders, but clearly some people were. <laughs> I thought didn't didn't you have PTSD in that game? You're just no, like, hey Dad, I'm a professional like, with your. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I did not have PTSD in that game. I do think we showed it. <laughs> yeah. Did you, oh, you Ole had Miss, to comment on it. Oh, uh, I need Ole to Miss find fans, the clip of Avert that. your eyes. Ah <laughs> 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 oh, man, that's a tough one. Where were you, Richard, when that happened? Uh, we, we had the story about this yesterday. yesterday. Must we do this again today? Where were you, Will? I don't remember. I honestly do not remember uh, where I was. Really? I, I don't. Wow. That's hard to believe. I was probably watching it at home. Will, Will is a very typical Ole Miss fan, doesn't care about basketball. <laughs> Jeez. That, that may change. Uh, Will, I was, uh, I was a junior <laughs> in high school. I was, uh, ooh, I hear you. I was at a friend's house. It was spring break week. Uh, it was either spring break week or I skipped school. I'm not sure which it was. It wasn't. If it was, I, it was. A, it was an 11 a.m. game, and I was not at school. I do know that much in uh, in March. So maybe that was. Uh, um, maybe it was spring break. Standing in the living room watching it, frustrated with Ansu Cisse for missing free throws, and then <laughs> that play happens. It's like, oh, uh, uh, what? Uh, no. And then that's I the think opposite I of the reaction. Uh, went outside. That's the opposite of a reaction a young Brian Haydad had. He said the opposite word from no. Mm. Where were you, Brian Haydad? I was in my uh, my duplex watching it with my roommate in Starkville, and when that shot went in, I promise you, if State won a national title, the celebration might not have been any different than it was <laughs> for those two guys. And then I remember calling a friend of mine, and I will never forget this as long as I live, I called a friend of mine who was in Vicksburg, he was home for spring break, and I called his house, and he picks up the phone like this, Hello! <laughs> <laughs> and I just, just started laughing, and he and I laughed for about five minutes. So we reveled in Ole Miss misery that day, I'm, I'm sorry to say. Actually, I'm we, not sorry. We, we, get a, uh, we get a question on the ceasefire text line, Who is Will? New guy? He must be Will- new here, too. You're the new guy, friend. Yeah. Uh, Will is our program director, uh, which doesn't begin to describe all of the things that he actually does, uh, not the least of which is putting up with our crap on a a daily basis. What does he not do, hey, Dad? No, don't worry about that. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Uh, So uh, Michael Borky is out today, and uh, Will is kindly and willingly spinning great music. Two days off he'll take all year. <laughs> do we need to do we need to update the vacation policy for Borky? Does well, he want to we've always got Will here? We need while we got Will here, we need to talk about our proposal. What was your plan? I'll let you I'll let you pitch the, the idea. No. Will just give us <laughs> the rest of his vacation days. 
Just split them between us. We'll take two weeks, and he can have three days. <laughs> I shan't comment. Sports Talk Mississippi <laughs> streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Well, we've got some college basketball breaking news. It is not local, it is national. See, Richard, uh, you're supposed to tease it, okay? You got to tease it. You got to say, we got some breaking news, some head coaching breaking news here, and let that go on for a minute, and then let everybody it, down. I think I, I tend to agree here. Yeah. Yeah, I told you, uh, Will East has all kinds of skills. All kinds of skills. Disappointing like, people is one of them, yes. Like, like telling us exactly how we should do it live on the air. Okay, my bad. Sorry, Will. An improper well, constructive tease. criticism, it's all right. Well, before you, I tell you any more about this breaking news in college basketball, I want to remind you that country music superstar Morgan Wallen <laughs> is coming to Oxford. And Super Talk Mississippi that's is giving good. you a chance to win tickets. Just enter your name at one of the registration boxes located throughout the state at places like the Atrium Mini Mall in Meridian, Be Quick in Brookhaven, or at Cobalt's but- uh, Boutique in Columbus. There are more locations than that. You can find them all online at supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium on Sunday, April 23rd. It's all brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, uh, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. So uh, thanks to all of them for making this possible. Be sure you register and register and register again. So, this breaking news in college basketball, um, Jim Behan, he is no longer the head coach at Syracuse. I chose my words carefully there because it appears that Syracuse has also chosen its words carefully. If you go to Cuse.com, which is the Syracuse official athletics website, you will see the headline on the front page that says, Adrian Autry to take helm of men's basketball as Jim Beheim's storied career comes to an end. Have you just read that on the surface? You might not think anything about it. But that's not how you necessarily would craft the headline of wanting the winning of one of the winningest basketball coaches in NCAA history who has been your head coach for 47 years and won you a national championship if everything was hunky-dory on the way out the door. And it actually gets a little more curious. When you read the story, it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's I guess kind of a prose style to it. It's not like it's a news story. Nearly 60 years ago, Jim Beheim. <laughs> first arrived on the Syracuse University campus as an undergraduate, well, blah, 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 blah. You play the natural over that, Will? Good. And then the first quote you get is not from Jim Beheim. It's from Chancellor Kent Siverud. 
who tells us there's no doubt in my mind that without Jim Beheim, Syracuse basketball would not be the powerhouse program it is today. And then the next quote is from John Wildhack, who is the athletics director. And then the next quote is from Adrian Altry, the next head basketball coach. And then the next quote in the story is once again from John Wildhack. Wait, there's not a single There's quote. no quote from Beheim. There's not a single quote in the story on the Syracuse University official athletics website announcing the end of an era from the era itself. That's correct. Nothing from Jim Beheim. That and, is, you know what? It's it's time to go. In the ESPN story, they have a quote from Jim Beheim. But it only comes from his post-game press conference today. Uh, yesterday, I'm sorry. Which, which was a disaster. After Tuesday's no, loss... Say it, what? It, it was today, wasn't it? Isn't it from today? Yeah. I thought so, right. yeah. Yeah, they lost today. After Tuesday... Well, it says this. After Wednesday's loss, Beheim hinted that he would be retiring, but he said it was up to the university to decide his future. Quote... <laughs> As I've said from day one when I started working here, the university hired me, and it's their choice what they want to do. I always have the choice of retirement, but it's their decision as to whether I coach or not. It always has been. I've just been lucky to be able to coach this long. Later in his postgame press conference, he added, I gave my retirement speech last week, and nobody picked up on it. That was when he said, I've been very lucky to be able to coach my college team to play and be the assistant coach and then a head coach, never having to leave Syracuse. It's a great university. The city has embraced our team. I'm amazed that we've been able to draw the fans that we've been able to draw over the years. I've just been unbelievably fortunate. Mike Bray is thrilled. He was at Notre Dame 23 years. He's a puppy. I've had 47 years. Got to coach my two sons two years ago. We were in the Sweet 16 last year. I got to coach my sons. I wanted to come back and coach these guys. That's what I was able to do. The university hasn't offered me anything, whether to work or do anything at the university. That's their choice. Kind of what you would expect from Jim Beheim if you've been paying attention for the last decade or so. Hmm. He, uh, he didn't retire on his own, did he, Hey, Dad? I don't believe he did. He was shoved out the door. I think John Wildhack and the uh, president of the university said, Jim, thank you. It's time. It's time for a break. Five o'clock hour. College football fix coming up next. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. supposed to wait, right? Yes. Sing it with me, Richard. Without a round fix bug! That's it. All right. That's what we have to do every time that song plays, Will. 
And Ed is, uh, he is nostalgic. He becomes nostalgic. Great to be with you on this, what is today? Wednesday, middle of the week, Wednesday afternoon, the 8th of March. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, tons going on. That is why I encourage you to visit PearlRiverResort.com and click on the events page. You can see entertainment. you got two different things. you got entertainment and you've got promotions. So tax promotion going on at Pearl River Resort. Cupid's Fortune Plinko. That was in the month of February. So you got to check when these things are happening and make sure that uh, that you're part of it. And you can see the, um, oh, by the way, it's going on right now. Bet and play with Sportsbook and Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. $30 round of golf with a $50 bet at the Sportsbook which is inside the Golden Moon Casino. You can find out about all of those things when you visit their website at PearlRiverResort.com. You also can be a part of this conversation, the conversation, whatever conversation we're having, on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. Check them out online at cspire.com slash business. How about we get into a little bit of a college football fix? College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. F-150, the all-new Ford Super Duty. Ranger, Maverick, whatever it is that you're looking for, they can help you at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Test drive one today. A couple of nuggets. I'll just give you a couple of nuggets real quick, and then we'll dive into the college football fix. Ole Miss has announced a new special teams coordinator for football. Uh, Lane Kiffin announced earlier today the hiring of Jake Schoonover as the new special teams coordinator. Spent the last season uh, at Arkansas State as their special teams coordinator and safeties coach. He's got 13 years of experience at the collegiate level. Uh, in one season with the Red Wolves, he helped. Eh, you can read all that on your own. You're not worried about Arkansas State special teams. <laughs> I don't need rankings. the special teams stats. I don't need those. Did they build yeah. it brick by brick? Uh, sure. sure. They did it the right way. <laughs> so, new special teams uh, coaching history, background. Ole Miss before that, uh, Arkansas State before that, it was Kansas. Special teams coordinator there, uh, Bowling Green, Illinois State. So there you go. That is the, uh, the coaching go. tree, the coaching background for Ole Miss's new special teams coordinator, Jake Schoonover. I guess it could be Schoonover, but I'm assuming it's Schoonover. It could be Yake. It could be a soft J. Like uh, Chris Jans. Chris Jans, yeah, exactly. Happens sometimes. You get that. Uh, you get that. Soft it does. J. Uh, so she doesn't right. know anything. Hey, Dad, did you read the Sports Illustrated story from uh, from Ross Dellinger yesterday? I did not. the 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 Q and A with Saban. Yeah, I, I have not taken a look at it yet. No. Now this is. I, I think Michael Borky was. Um, he was not wrong in his, in his opinion. I'm just not a hundred percent sure that I would couch everything that comes out of Nick Saban's mouth as he's whining. Yeah, 
But when you have somebody who has had the level of success for the period of time and who recruits the best players in the country year after year and has got a whole bunch of national championships, we just don't want to hear anything from him about how it could be better. And so I feel like it's almost the default setting is to say, oh, shut up, you whiner. Stop complaining. What do you have to complain about? It's like when you, your rich buddy is talking about whatever. You know, it's like, just whatever. Shut up. Buy another car. Yeah, the, the guy that's worth $100 million complaining about taxes? Yeah, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in hearing from you. Yeah. But, but, if you are willing to hold your judgment on, shut up, you whiny baby, we don't want to hear from you, and you dig in, to what Nick Saban had to say, I do think there's some meat on the bone. There is... I honestly... I think Saban is a guy, Richard, that... He is? Yes, that is true. He is a guy. Thank you. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't checked him. Oh, listen to him! I'm just saying, I think he's a guy that... I think he does genuinely care about the sport of college football. Now, he cares more about what happens at Alabama and with his team. And that's always going to be priority one. But I do think that he is a guy that, that he cares about college football. And he is also a guy, after my own heart, in that when he gets new information, he runs with it. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to change. Ross Dellinger asking about his thoughts on the evolving NIL scene and collectives. He says the issue is when you create those collectives for people, you are establishing a pay-for-play type of environment that can be used in recruiting. So now all of a sudden, guys are not going to school where they can create the most value for their future. Guys are going to school where they can make the most money. I don't think that is even the best thing for the player. You went to college. I went to college. Why were we going? We had goals and aspirations for how we wanted to create value for our future. Sometimes these things can be a distraction academically as well as athletically, but I'll say it again, I think name, image, and likeness is good for players. The whole concept of collectives is what has created this environment that we're in, and I'm not sure that anybody really had the insight or the vision to see what was going to happen. Therefore, we had no guidelines, and we're now trying to develop some. All right, so one response is, shut up, you whiny baby, I don't want to hear from you. But there is another response where, like, there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. Yeah, I think almost everybody outside of the you know the most far out of players in this game, and I don't mean the players, I mean people who were involved in college athletics. They they want some form of regulation on this. You know, they want some sort of, of, of a little bit more rules in place. You know, you hear the term "wild wild west" a lot, and you know, I get it. I get it. So yeah, there needs to be something in play. The statement's not really giving anything groundbreaking there. He's just, but he's telling the truth. Ross Dellinger says it seems like third parties, collectives are taking donor dollars that might normally go to a school and then just siphoning them to players. Wouldn't it be easier if there was a regulated system where a school could oversee that or even directly compensate players? Kind of. And I'm intrigued with this answer, actually. Nick Saban says, yeah, there probably is. I think that's kind of what they do in the NFL. They have a collective bargaining agreement, a salary cap, 
and they share revenue with ownership. But now you're going to make college students employees. That has issues that have to be sort of figured out. How does that get managed? It's almost like Nick Saban was listening to the show yesterday, or we read what he said before we had our conversation yesterday. We talk about the process and players getting processed all the time, and Nick Saban's one of the the guys that does that. I mean, that's just that is one of the issues here. That if you are an employee, you can be fired. So if you drop three passes in the game, you might get a call to the office on Sunday and say your services are no longer required, and you got to start fresh from wherever you are. And I would expect that to happen. Now, if you want to be a cynic, anything that comes out of Nick Saban's mouth is a pertains to NIL or pay-for-play or whatever, you're like, well, you've been doing that forever anyway. Yeah. You're concerned about it because everybody can do what you've always been doing. Yeah. There's probably some truth to that. There is. Because, as you said earlier, you believe that deep down, Nick Saban's biggest concern is his own program. Yeah. But he does, I mean, College football has been his life since he was, what, 18? Outside of a couple of stints in the NFL as an assistant and as a head coach, he's been a college football guy for like 50 years. He would stand to reason that he wants to see college football be good, to be the best that it can be. You got Tommy Tuberville and Joe Manchin from West Virginia working on some legislation. I mean, hey, Dad, you Joe said a second that's ago. Saban's boy, too. So, I mean, you, you said hey, so much. Although I think they've got a pretty good relationship. Sports Talk Mississippi. That's your college football fix, driven by Ford, your local Mississippi Ford dealers. More coming up after this. Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. or so until tip-off for Ole Miss and South Carolina. South Carolina actually finishes the 12 seed. Ole Miss is the 13, so South Carolina will wear the lighter colored jerseys. Ole Miss will wear the darker colored jerseys. It appears the end of the win case era tonight. Or or could live to fight another day. Could. That's a great name, by the way. Oh, we're trying to figure out how he's not a lawyer, Will. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Hey, uh, we were kind of at the end of the 4 o'clock hour when we talked about the Jim Beheim thing. you have any thoughts on that? Great coach. Probably hung on about two, three years too long. Definitely not cut out for this new NIL transfer portal era in any way, shape, or form. 
Huge jerk. Well, I, I said it in a nicer way than you. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> but that's what I was hitting at, yeah. He's like a legit New Yorker, isn't he? He's going to tell you what he thinks, and he doesn't care what you think. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, when you work somewhere that long and you, and you achieve the status that you have there, you become, you get, I mean, it's like Bobby Knight, and how you get into a position where you feel like you can say anything you want, and it doesn't matter. And that's great as long as you're still winning, you know, national championships and going to the Final Four. But when you're getting knocked out in the first day of the ACC tournament, not so much. Uh,. Won the tournament in 03, which, by the way, has been a minute. Has that really been 20 years? It's been 20 years is what it's been. It's not a minute. It's been two decades since Carmelo Anthony and Syracuse yeah. won the national yeah. championship. How's that possible? That's right. Five Final Fours, most recently 2016. Ten Big East regular season titles, five Big East tournament titles, National Coach of the Year in 2010, and he won a bunch of games. Thousand career wins, one thousand fifteen career wins. Yeah, an icon of college basketball, no question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's one of the best to ever do it, and it feels like as if he fairly unceremoniously just eased into retirement. What what that guy does after he retires? He... Ah, probably complain a lot. He I, you know he'll be a, he might get a, I don't know, do they do him the the Bobby Knight treatment and try to make him a commentator? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how it would work. I don't think that would work. So, man, I feel bad for the um, feel bad for the media relations guy at Syracuse. There are a bunch of asterisks on his career ledger. Fifteen wins yeah. vacated from the o four o five season. Twenty three wins vacated from the o five o six season. Twenty two wins vacated from o six o seven. Seven wins from ten eleven. Thirty four wins from eleven twelve. <laughs> Suspended nine games during 15-16. They let them keep their banners, though. What happens if they say, no, you can't have those banners, and you keep those banners up? Will they go jerk them down? Michigan had to take down their banners. Oh, uh, I think the NCAA comes in and... Yeah, Memphis had to, too. Yeah, I think I think the NCAA comes in there and will uh, just kill the firstborn child of whoever uh, the, <laughs> the athletic director is. They either do that or they come in with one of those flamethrowers. Very biblical. You ever, you ever yeah. seen a, a flamethrower gun? Yeah. They stand on the court and just point it toward the banner and press the button. That would have to be a heck of a jet stream of flame to get. I mean, it's like 60 feet in the air. It's one feet of the in industrial air. grade ones. Okay. It's yeah. not like the kind you can buy for the grill. It's it's one of those like military. No, 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 no. This is not like a, an outdoor. Um, like a brush fire starter, not one of those. We're okay. talking the kind where okay, you wear the you. big backpack and yeah. it's like the gun and yeah. you like <laughs> Yeah. How'd that go again? You heard it twice. <laughs> twice was enough. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> Given the opportunity will? to operate a pure uh, a full yes. on before you, yes. Okay. The answer is yes. I would one hundred percent 
Go burn whatever. Burn it to the ground. You know who would fight you for that? You. Well, yes, but maybe even more than me. Gary. My 10-year-old ten, son. Oh. Uh, you give a kid loves, a flamethrower, I mean. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Obi loves fire. Well, well, his dad's a firebug. He wants to burn down a barn. <laughs> Almost. It didn't happen. <laughs> Called the fire department in time. He tried to. But, brother, those flames... <laughs> They okay, were it's like a 112-year-old brittle, <laughs> falling-in-on-itself barn. I mean, if there had been a mockingbird whisper breath of wind, <laughs> that barn, oh, oh, me. And now we got Obi with a flamethrower. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Let's be careful. Let's be careful out there. Although if I had had a flamethrower, I probably wouldn't have had to use gasoline, which means the fire wouldn't have burned. That's true. Hot might have been. Place. Might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Might there have been were easier. So on. many bad decisions rolled into that small amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. We all make. We all make bad decisions. But what a okay. great story! It is a good story. That's that. I mean, that's I the can... best. The best stories come from bad decisions. Yes. Yes. In my mind's eye, I see the paint on the side of that dumpster. <laughs> curling up. <laughs> no, no, Will. No, Will. It did not curl. It burned. It was so hot on the inside of the dumpster that it caused the paint on the outside of dump the dumpster to to turn into a flame. Oh. Yes. <laughs> At about Goodness. 9 o'clock on a Sunday night in the middle of town... <laughs> Oh, man. Some decisions are worse than others, you know? That's all you can say. It's not a great feeling when you see a fire truck rolling down your driveway. I mean, it's a good (laughs) feeling because you know you need it. But, like, when you see the fire truck coming in and you're like, it's it's my fault. I'm a moron. Yeah. It's like... And they don't do it quietly either, do they? No. (laughs) I, I do think that maybe I suggested or asked if they could possibly not have the sirens on. Maybe just like go with the flashing lights, but not the sirens. Felt like it was time where it might be disturbing. Might have woke somebody up. Yeah. If if I remember correctly, and it's it's a little hazy, um, a little smoky, if you will. I don't think they did exactly what I requested. I think they they, <laughs> nah, think nah. they came in sirens blasting. <laughs> Well, customer like, take service old blue is never up there. The That's the loudest seat. truck we got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, goodness gracious. So flamethrowers. That's how you get rid of banners. All right. What happens to the banners? I have so many questions. Well, not much. I mean, they're just they're reduced to a pile of ash. Post yeah. flamethrower. In real life, those the banners are just in somebody's basement somewhere. I bet no. some rich booster is holding the the Michigan Final Four banner up somewhere. No, they're actually sent to the same place that the losing team Final Four and Super Bowl t-shirts are going. The gym in that village has national championship <laughs> banners hanging up in it that have been vacated. <laughs> Some gym in Kenya has got a giant yeah. Michigan Final Four banner yeah. up. Okay. And, okay. And the neighboring village has Memphis's participation Has, has Memphis, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they didn't. It, exactly. it was a national runner-up banner. National runner-up, yeah. Yeah, that's that's where those are. Bunch of kids walking around in Bill's clothing from the nineties. Yeah, 
Uh, Dwayne's suggesting that uh, my decision making was um, no, it was not. Dwayne, there there was no, no nothing involved that would have hindered my decision making other than just false bravado. That's it. That makes it even better. That makes it even better. No, yeah, because it, it would have been easy been like, well, I had been you know into the whiskey that night and I decided, hey, let's start a fire. That's that's forgivable. You know, cold sober, just like this is a good idea. Dan in uh, Hattiesburg says that um, the uh, the career record of Jim Beheim sounds like a real pain in the asterisk. <laughs> yes. Like the guns on Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah, like the guns we're on talking Ghostbusters. About that, yeah. Don't cross the streams, yes. Uh, you too can uh, be a part of the conversation with your slapstick comedy. On the ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. We have more coming up. About a half an hour's worth. Uh, losing some of you to Ole Miss basketball. Enjoy that. Everybody else, we're going to keep on having a good time until 6 o'clock. We'll be right back. Singing sweet home Alabama all summer long. Singing sweet home Alabama all summer long. to get started today. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. We've kind of talked about, but not really dived into the projected future permanent opponents in the SEC. Did you guys talk in depth about that one day when I was gone? Okay. Yes, last Friday. So I just missed it. We can always talk about it again. I think so. I, I, I'm not going to mind any college football talk. I, I thought you uh, you might be on board with that. Before we do that, let me remind you that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. I stopped by and saw Blake and the guys at Genteel uh, earlier this week, and, and they've got their spring stuff in. It's available on the website. Some great new prints, great new stripes, some solids, some different materials that are available on the website at genteelapparel.com. You can also... Find uh, find them at men's clothing stores all across the state of Mississippi. And we'll let you know where those places are as we uh, we go through the spring uh, from the coast to the um, to the, the the Tennessee line and from uh, east to west. Uh, men's clothing stores that are carrying Genteel, great stuff. You're gonna love it. Even will even will East has on a Genteel shirt today, don't you, Will? I do. You like them? Can you, I love can you them. speak to how great they are? I love them. I wear them almost every day. Yeah. Super comfortable and durable and last and try and get you some. They can make anybody look good. That's a good tagline, hey dad. 
Yeah, works for me, it works make for you. the good so, yeah. look even gooder. Really? Really. You think that, that's a good tagline? Yeah. I think that's a great tagline. There you go. Good GenzeelApparel.com. The hideous are at least acceptable. <laughs> All right, who are the most interesting... When, when, when you go through the future 16 teams in the SEC, when you go, man, that's a great schedule. From a fan's perspective, I'm not saying that the head coach is necessarily saying that. What's the one that you look at and you're like, yep, that is it. I get this every year. It's the only one to me that feels kind of new, and I hope these teams get better in the future. Florida, Oklahoma. That's the game oh. that I'm like, because that's the game we haven't seen. You know, They've played each other in the past a couple times in yeah. bowl games and stuff, but... You know, I was really hoping that each team, Florida and or sorry, Oklahoma and Texas, would get one game against somebody different. You know, instead they gave Texas what Arkansas, Texas A and M, and Oklahoma. See, that's what I, mean, I was going to say. I've seen those loved. games. I know, but not I as part the, of the I SEC. I love the nostalgia. I love that I love you're going to get those three games every single year. You're still going to get Texas. So I understand year every they had year. To... still going to get A and M. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's almost like, I understand that's had, great because a and is going to be so mad about it. And then yeah. Arkansas. That's no, fun. it's great that the, those first two games are great. But like with the art with Texas, I, I I made the suggestion on the show. I said I thought they should have played Alabama. I thought Alabama Texas should have been an every year thing. That was, that's a great for especially if we're doing this for TV. That's as good as we can get, you know. So so who would you drop the, off I, of I Alabama's projected three permanents? Because they've got LSU. Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. You got to keep Auburn in Tennessee, so LSU. Okay. Um, Mississippi State's projected permanent opponents, and and we talked about this yesterday a little bit, right? Are Ole Miss, which you knew was going to be there, Kentucky, and Texas A and M. If you had to drop one of those three. And replace it with another. And I'm not talking about dropping one to replace it with Vanderbilt. I'm talking about in terms of fun as a fan. If you could drop one yeah. and add somebody else, who would you drop and who would you add? I'd probably drop Kentucky and add either Auburn or LSU. Auburn makes sense. Auburn actually makes you know, more sense it, to me than LSU. I, I did, you said from a fan fun perspective. Uh-huh. I like going to LSU. I like Tiger Stadium. Uh, right. You know. Yeah. Not not seeing not seeing any wins there, but it's an enjoyable trip. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Auburn you. makes a lot of sense because that's you know those are the two you know agricultural schools in their state. They have a long rivalry, and it's it's, it's been competitive rivalry over the last decade or so. So why not? Hmm. I like, you know, if I were looking at Mississippi State's schedule, I might say drop Texas A&M mm-hmm. and add Auburn. Yeah. I think Auburn, Mississippi State, has it's got some, you know, State's had some success against Auburn. Auburn's had its yeah. share of success against Mississippi State. feels like they're... There's some history there, too. I mean, Shug Jordan is the guy who got Cowbills banned. You know, mm. I mean, that, that's, that's the thing, so... Well, can we bring him back? 
what would your answer be? Good ideas. <laughs> what, what would your answer for Ole Miss be? The pro- Ole Miss is really perfect, isn't it? They got their. I feel like they got their three biggest rivals. You know, you're not going to say State. You're not going to say LSU. And then I, you know, obviously they would probably like to have kept Vanderbilt, but Arkansas is a series as you alluded to the other day. It has history dating back even to when they were in the Southwest Conference. So that's probably it. If you're going to get rid of one, you're going to get rid of Arkansas. And then who do you put on there? I don't know. At that point, I would like I would want to put somebody on that you don't play very often, like South Carolina or Kentucky. Kentucky, I'd be okay with Kentucky because I think that's a super fun trip. You don't like South Carolina as a trip? I think Columbia is a fun town. No, not nearly as much as Lexington. All right, right, well then there you go. You're you're going to get mad at me for my answer. For Ole Miss? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you got? You going to say Vanderbilt? Nope. You just said you can't say Vanderbilt. Who? who, Oh, you're going to get rid of State? I would I would drop Mississippi State and add Texas. Oh my god. Brian Haydad and Neil McCready here on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> what's, what's that supposed to be? I, he's the guy who's like, always like, leave the trophy on the field and all yeah, that. No, you know, I don't play this anymore. That. No, I wasn't suggesting that. Yeah. But if you said you have to drop one of these three and you're going to replace it with something simply from a fan fun perspective, mm-hmm. you know how big it would be if Ole Miss and State only played every each other in football every two years? Holy cow. Uh, Every other year it'd be insane. What would be the premise of this show? Like, <laughs> the show loses its premise at that no, point. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, Absolutely. No, I'm not going to agree with you. Come on. I, I, I thought I might get a reaction from you out of that. You got one. Come on, man. That's yeah. not, that's not going to happen. No, of course it's not going to happen. I, I think, I think both schools <laughs> somebody, did about it. Somebody as good on the text could've. message on the ceasefire text line said, Stuff it, Richard. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think they, State and Ole Miss did about as good as they could have, right? I mean, Ole Miss was always going to keep LSU, mm-hmm. so that's their big, that's their top half team. LSU, it's a, a series that Ole Miss has been competitive in. It's got great history. You were always going to keep that, right? And then Arkansas and Arkansas and State are two teams that you feel year in and year out, especially when you have them at home. You can beat them. State is sort of the same way, right? State all three of their teams, like when you play them at home, you feel like you're going to be able to beat them. And then when you are got them on the road, you don't feel like it's it's a total mismatch. <laughs> of course the old Miss guy wants to get rid of State. Of course he does. I mean, surely you know I'm kidding, but whatever. Are um, you? Are you, Richard? Austin's a pretty fun trip. It's not nearly it as easy there. a trip as, as Starkville is, though. Nah. I've been to Austin once. I had a great time. Uh, Brad says, Richard the Arnett, fear is real, isn't it? Yeah. He's worried about well, El Capitan. Hey, Will, what about you? If you had to drop one of the three proposed permanents for Ole Miss and replace it with a different team. Oh, you got to drop Arkansas. and I'm like you. I would like to see something a little bit different. Uh, a team that, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, Florida, a team that that Ole Miss has had a lot of success against. To, to be honest with you, that they don't seem to ever play really. Yeah. Now, hey, Dad. As much as I was joking about the whole drop the the Mississippi State thing, if I'm looking mm-hmm. at this through my wife's eyes, 
as a as a business owner, mm-hmm. she would say, yeah. Mississippi State because traveling fans and it's on Thanksgiving weekend versus Texas fans yeah. coming in. That's it's no business. Yeah, it's different. It's a different yeah. And I it was no, there's just no that, business, but it's it's different. It's less. Yeah, it would make the Egg Bowl. You might when get they some do people. Play, it would make it more important because you you don't have that next year. Oh man, more important. Can you imagine if you lost two in a row, having to wear those losses for four years just for two losses? Mm. Don't want that. Ooh, Mike says drop Arkansas for Rocky Top. Yeah. Yeah. Could be fun. Yeah. Some history Sports there. Talk, Mississippi. We will wrap things up with you coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Super Talk Mississippi. Check the side. Are you ready? Yeah! Sports Talk Mississippi. I was listening during the break to some of Jay Billis's comments about Jim Beheim, and it, it struck me when he said when Jim Beheim got to Syracuse as a player, John F. Kennedy was the president. When he became the head coach, Gerald Ford was the president. There's a couple of generations of people that don't know college basketball without Jim Beheim at Syracuse. I mean, I'm one of them. Yeah. You yeah. are, too. I mean, you're, you're my exactly only show right. today. He's been the coach the whole time. Uh, have we reached the point where Tiger Woods would be better off single? First, first off, let's just be totally honest. We all would be. But secondly, no, no I would not be better off single. <laughs> I, I would not. But be. secondly, yeah, yes, yeah, I, he, yeah, he, yeah. Tiger Woods' most recent former longtime girlfriend, Erica Herman, is asking a judge to remove her from a non-disclosure agreement that she claims the 15-time major champion forced her to sign when their relationship started in August of 2017. According to a civil complaint filed in the Circuit Court of the 19th Judicial Circuit in Martin County, Florida, Erica Herman believes that the NDA is invalid and unenforceable and that a trust controlled by Woods is wrongfully using it against her. Her attorney is citing a federal law, the Speak Out Act, that prevents the enforcement of non-disclosure agreements in instances of sexual assault and harassment. In a civil cover sheet to the court, Herman's attorney, Benjamin Hodes, indicated the case involved allegations of sexual abuse, although those allegations might not involve Woods directly. What? Yeah. She did not make any specific allegations against Tiger Woods. I mean, I have no idea what's going on here, but doesn't this feel like 
Six years as Tiger's girlfriend, it has ended, and I have an opportunity to write a book. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Herman's attorney alleged that Woods is trying to use the NDA to force Herman to keep details of their relationship private. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the reason yeah, that he had her sign a that's why he had her sign agreement it. when they started dating? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's going to be a, a tough, uh, tough suit to win. Yes. Um. Obviously, Tiger's issues with Elon Nordegren are well documented. Apparently, there was another girlfriend who sought some sort of legal. Um, release of a remedy. Yeah, good call. Legal remedy of some of the information as it pertains to their relationship. When when do you bring up the non-disclosure agreement in the uh, relationship talk? It's like, hey, you want to go grab dinner? And by the way, before we do, uh, you're going to have to sign this. (laughs) My attorney. That's a second date. (laughs) You know, you you get the first date out of the way, and then the second date, you're like. Yeah, I like you, but uh, we gotta we gotta have your attorney come. When they bring the 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 so. check and they have the pen, do you, do you take that pen and say, "I've got something else for us to sign while we're here"? Yes, exactly. Did the Perkins lady have to sign anything? The Perkins lady, the waitress at Perkins. I don't remember that story, and I think my guess is you don't need to tell it now. Probably not. <sighs> I'm surprised you don't remember it. L- larger point being, it feels like tigers should just stay out of relationships. <laughs> I, I mean, think about how awkward it would be to ask your significant other to sign Finally, a, yeah. a prenuptial agreement. Yeah. Because Let alone an NDA. Yeah, and I mean, like, I I get the legal recourse for it, but you're going, hey, there's a really good chance this isn't going to work out, and I don't want you to take me to the cleaners if it doesn't, so could you go ahead and sign this? (laughs) That's the prenuptial agreement. Like, if you're going to get married. You go on a couple of dates, and you're like, hey, I I don't really know where this relationship is going to go, but if it's going to have a chance, I'm going to need you to go ahead and sign this NDA. I'm sorry, the the, what? Not, like... In the event that we don't last forever, yeah, and my history would suggest that we're not going to last forever, I'm going to need you to agree not to talk about Judging it. Judging by past events. Yes. It's well, not you. It? It's me. It, it, it's clearly me. You know what yeah. you're getting into here. Just saying. What is it? Th- those who refuse to learn from history are doomed to repeat it? Doomed to repeat it, yeah. Thanks for being with us. you got Ole Miss basketball coming up uh, against South Carolina in just a matter of minutes. Mississippi State will tip off at noon tomorrow in Nashville. Hoops. <laughs> and then another baseball weekend. What, what, what do you, what's that smirk? I oh, li- coming I, up next. I like coming you, but, up my, next. but my, ah, my lawyer take doesn't. Dang it, it. Thunder and lightning on the radio with Brian Haydad right after this. Sports Talk <sighs> Mississippi. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.